this is the beginning of the podcast. We want to thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and neighbors, grandparents, relatives. We've now achieved being in the top 2 million podcasts for entrepreneurship. Not all podcasts, just entrepreneurship, but this is the official beginning of the podcast. Way okay, let it, let it roll. <laughs> Fucking go for it, baby. What do we got to talk about with, during the off season? Like, I don't know, Mike. You're usually the one with all the topics. I, I, I do have something that we can get into, but it's um, it's not trivia because that didn't go over so well. But I do have something else that we can get into <laughs> <laughs> that might actually bring value to somebody. Oh, good God. The amount of value is, is yet to be seen. Do you guys want to jump into it right now? Jump into it. All right. Yeah. Two feet. Jump right in. So beginning of the season, people might be looking into hiring people. So I've gone ahead and created an interview, a a set of interview questions to help people out that they might want to tailor to their own business. So I'm going to ask you guys the question as if you Mm -hmm. wanted to apply to my business to become a laborer and uh, leave behind your successful businesses to start again from the bottom. Mm -hmm. But this is, uh, a, this is a great, this is a great, this is a great activity. Yeah. <laughs> Ages since I've had to apply for a laborer's position. I like this. I love this activity. Yeah. This <laughs> so I say a string of questions, but really I've only got two good questions here. So um, it's not really a string. Yeah. Uh, take, take it uh, as you will here, but uh, first one here, if you're sitting down and getting interviewed by a hardscape business owner, you might hear this one. If you were a hardscape tool, what hardscape tool would you be? The sod stretcher. <laughs> and why would you be a sod stretcher, Mike? They're hard to find. But when you do find them, they're really useful. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> that is deep, baby. That is deep. As opposed to a brick stretcher? You'd rather be the sod stretcher than the brick stretcher? Uh, I just, that's just the first, yeah, the first stretcher that came to my mind. Whatever was stretcher. That was, that was the stretcher. That was the stretcher that came to my mind. <laughs> the sod stretcher. Uh, the sod stretcher. I have needed a good sod stretcher once or <laughs> oh, twice yeah. in my career. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, using that wheelbarrow of scraps to finish her up, baby. We always use our scraps. Like whenever we're doing city sod, not a morsel of sod is left behind. None. We're not paid for extra. So every little scrap goes on that site. There's mosaics of sod pieces. It all goes goes green. It all turns green. As long as you water it, give it two weeks. It's uh, it's right up there. Absolutely. That's it. So what tool are you, Chad? I don't know. You you probably took the best answer to that question. I was going to say something like a quick cut. I don't because I'm loud and efficient and dirty. <laughs> I guess I don't. I don't know. Um, Do you have wheels on the bottom so we can roll you around? <laughs> roll <it> around. <laughs> uh, no, no, still because they're the most reliable. Because that healthy won't start now. Um, Mike, oh, it won't start. Too. It won't. Well, can you blame it? It's been sitting in the shop collecting bird oh. shit for four years. Oh, I see. 
now. So I had to sell a saw one time, like a big, uh, you know, those big medieval table saws with the water before they mm-hmm. had those dustless saws. So we had one of those, but it weighed, it had to weigh 300 pounds, this thing. Like it took two and a half men to set it up. And uh, it, it, it was bonkers. Like, I, and but the day we sold it, it ran fine its whole career. The day I went to sell it, it wouldn't fucking start up. And so I had to like knock off like three or 400 bucks off the, off the saw because he still wanted it. But I'm like, you wanted to make a deal. So whatever. But anyway, this thing, in order to set it up, I'm not do sure you if think, you guys remember. Do you think that you're that saw? Not a quick cut? <laughs> I was thinking the Kind of big and bulky. And when you really need someone, I'm, when you really I'm, need it to work, you back out. <laughs> I am absolutely not that saw. No. Um, I like to think uh, in a pinch, I get the job done. But uh, this thing, like one man on each side, and then a man holding like the scissor table that goes on the bottom. Yes, the you know what I mean? Table. And then it's not quite right. So someone like catches their finger underneath and they start screaming and <laughs> what a fucking nightmare that thing. I don't miss that thing one bit. And then you lose the drain plug for it. And yes. so it's like you put you shove a plastic bag in it. A, sh- a plastic <laughs> bag. And by the time you need to dig it out at the end of the day, it's all in a slurry. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! And you're trying wherever you're cutting, you can't dump the water, so you're trying to hawk the saw. You're, you're wheeling it awkwardly. Yeah. Water. yeah, yeah. Good times, yeah. baby. Good times. That's absolutely ancient aliens now. But what cool are you, Mike? Uh, if I was applying, I was thinking about this. If I was applying for some sort of leadership position, I would say I'm a string line because I, I get people to fall in line. So that nice. that would be my line if I was ever asked that. <laughs> a string line or a chalk line? Do you guys use chalk line? Like, yeah, I, I've used chalk lines. Yeah. yeah, some crews I've been on, they absolutely need their chalk line. Others, they want the string line, and it, I think it's an aggressive debate between the two. Like, if you bring out a chalk line to the string line guys, they're pissed, and if you bring out a string line to the chalk line guys, what the fuck are we going to use this for? And it's, do you uh, do you do the chalk line in your screed bed and follow that? We just set up an old string line now. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, but we used to do that. Yeah, and but then someone doesn't hold their finger in the right place, or it moved, or something, and then then there's more fighting on the job. There's always fighting on the jobs. Like, oh, <laughs> back in the old fi- days, at least. a lot of fighting on job sites. Yeah, that's uh There was no safe spaces back in the old days. No. No, a lot of people being horribly mean to you every day. That's that's what that saw brought up in my mind is how terrible we were to each other all the time. All the time. I I remember working on a resident like we were a commercial landscape company back with the company I worked for before Natural Design. And um, sorry, my dog's going off. He just had surgery. Um, Try to ignore it if he's coming through the the headset or whatever there, but. we were working on a residential landscape job and a guy just prepped a new tube of glue and he was squeezing it and squeezing it because it wasn't coming out the end of the tube. 
and it was like 35 degrees and it was three o'clock in the afternoon. We were getting ready to glue these caps and he's squeezing and squeezing this tube or the plunger on the tube. And it just explodes all over my chest. And we didn't wear shirts then because who would wear a shirt at a landscape company in the early 2000s? In Cornwall. Uh, in Cornwall, especially. So cool. and he just starts laughing and I'm covered in PL, brick glue. Um so and that's it takes days to get PL off. So you have a black chest for the rest of the week or whatever. And well, then they had good sun, you had good sunblock. Yeah. 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 I didn't get a sunburn that day. That's it. I remember so while Chad's story of PL, I remember a job site where guys like emptied a tube of PL into a guy's like ass crack. Are you serious? No way. Did that actually happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would have been living. How do yeah. you get that out? I don't know. Was he a then, hairy man? Oh, he was a hairy guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. And I, I don't remember the repercussions of that. I remember them being... <laughs> That's I don't know. I don't know if he did something and the repercussions of that were the ass crack gluing or the ass crack gluing was first and then the repercussions. I don't remember the whole story. I just remember having to deal with the whole consequences of the thing. What were the consequences? What? Well, I just remember. I just, no, I just remember someone like calling me and like being. What a, what a conversation! <laughs> someone filled someone's ass crack with yeah. PL, and I was like, "Wow, That's... I got I got to do something different with my life here." That's one of those landscape <laughs> myths. Like everybody oh, is, wow. knows somebody who did that, but nobody knows the actual person who did that. Oh, I know who did okay. it and I know who it was done to, but I'm not, I, I'm just going to let that all remain anonymous. And if people don't want to believe it happened, then that's their right. We live in a semi-free country here. Semi-free word. At least 75%. Well, we, we can get, they can now uh, stop the spreading of this podcast if the government disagrees with it. So. Right, they passed that bill. Yeah, they can control uh, internet content. So there you go. Yeah, that's true. So don't don't. Yeah, just be careful. You're not saying anything anti. I love Justin Trudeau. He's the best person ever. And now our podcast will be free to the world because we love him. I literally He's just thought cool. about this today and how much our government funds the media and how much of. Uh, I don't know what's the word for that Con- contradiction conundrum conundrum that's a good uh, word conflict of interest that is there you go right say, oh it's a vast conflict yeah. of interest oh yes and then if if a business model is that broke that the government needs to fund it isn't it time to kind of just let it go no it's yeah, almost like a large US bank our media is basically a large U.S. bank. Yeah. When they collapse, we keep them afloat. Give everyone a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, hey, that happened. I'm not making it up. Yeah, that's true. Just saying an observation. Our Canadian media, Canadian media is similar to being a very large U.S. bank. They're both just propped up by the government. <laughs> like No one's actually trying to make any money. I guess <laughs> like a, Canadian yeah. media for sure. I, uh, um, but anyway, yeah. So like, I love Justin Trudeau. He's the greatest guy ever. 
And uh, Christina Freeland is a brilliant person and a brilliant speaker. And I'm proud of her for being at the WEF Forum. With Mike. With Mike. <laughs> Other side with Mike. Mike. <laughs> with Mike at the WEF Forum. Yeah. So that means now this podcast can be spread to the to the masses because we are liberal supporters. The masses of Canada only. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't well, I don't know. Can they shut maybe they shut down US feeds too? Shadow put up in a hot air balloon and send it over to the state. <laughs> <laughs> can we get a not our finest hour hot air balloon for promotional <laughs> send it across the US. <laughs> now not only is canada listening into this conversation china's listening into this no, conversation well. <laughs> we do have a tiktok account oh yeah so they know true. everything about us already uh, they must have hard scapers they built a great wall <laughs> or that's more of a masonry wall i suppose they eh? Uh, I well maybe I don't know. Do you think it's dry stack or do you think it's? Oh, I think it's dry stack. Dry stack. There's a skull and then a piece and then a skull and then, yeah, it's all dry stack together. Skull. Nice mixture of materials. That's true. I didn't make it up. There's a skull in the wall. Yeah, there's all kinds of bones and stuff in that wall. People died. They just threw them yeah. in the wall. Kept building. Yeah. They weren't as emotional about people dying back then because a lot of people just died. Back in the old days. Back in the old days. The good old days. Now it's soft. Now we're so soft. <laughs> we're so soft. We, we don't want to use people's skull to build our house. Like I remember back in the day when I used to live in the skull house, things were so much better than when I was growing up in the When's house? the last time you got a call to put a skull house in a built quiet a, small? I was built of skulls. <laughs> back in the old days. What's yeah, the weirdest but, thing you guys have dug up? Saint Stella House. Oh, what? It's a, it's a. I think it's a French Canadian thing, or like a or a religious thing. They there. There's this certain saint of good luck or something. Someone will know. But they take it and they bury it upside down in their garden in hopes that it'll help them sell their house. Oh, interesting. We've, we've dug up like three of them so far in wow. fifteen years or whatever. Hmm. I don't know. If it helped them sell the house or not, but that's hmm. the weirdest thing I've ever dug up. Did you know about it before you dug it up? Like, did you dig it up and know and think, oh, it's no, it's not the saint the first that time. sells houses. No, I think a client had to tell us one time. Actually, uh, we found out, but maybe it's a French Canadian thing. Uh, no, I have some stories about digging places, but I'm not sure that they. It was a long time ago, but I still think people might frown on some of the stuff that happened. Like, it was like when I was 19, so we're talking like 30 years ago. I guess the statute I, of limitations is... I, I feel oh, like that's... So we were, we were doing this job around this lake uh, on North North on Young Street, and they said, get the dirt from here. So we went over to the place that was told to us by the municipality, and we started digging. And then all of a sudden, this car came. We dug like, I don't know, 10, 15 loads of dirt out of the the hill. And all of a sudden, this car came whipping in and was like, you can't dig there. And I was like, okay, well, this is where the guy told us to dig. This is an indigenous burial ground. Well, they didn't actually say they used a different word, but we don't use that word anymore. So it was an indigenous burial ground. I was like, holy fuck. What the fuck? No one told me that. 
and then they and the tradition for this this tribe was to um, bury their dead standing up. So should you? I feel we didn't encounter, but I can't say a hundred percent because they said how many loads of dirt you removed from here, and I said none. This is the first load. <laughs> So you were hoping there wasn't any really tall people there. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Might have built that park with skulls. Holy shit. I I did not go and pilfer through the 15 tons of dirt. We're harvesting skulls for the wall. (laughs) That was was uh, another time uh, we were building a park that was some kind of like some kind of cemetery like 300 years ago or something for pioneers and then we were building a park so you you could dig but if you encountered any any bones you had to like immediately make someone aware because over time the bones come up to the surface so because they're always working their way up i guess so like in the park people would just find random bones um so we're we were it was the only job we had going on. So I was like, Hey, a real thing. Bones come up to the surface. Bones float. (laughs) I guess I don't, I'm just telling you what they told us that because the people were buried in shallow graves 300 years ago that, and then the, if they were even in a coffin, it's clearly rotten that the bones because of the frost heave or whatever, they start to, I, whether this is true or not, I'm just telling you what they told me. So, Mm -hmm. But it was the only job we had going on at the time. So I was like, if anyone sees a fucking bone, you kick some dirt over it. Because finding a bone would shut down the whole fucking job, right? Yeah. But one day we were driving on the on the highway, and I'm looking at the dashboard of the truck, and there's like some bones there. And I'm like, the fuck did those come from? They're like, some guy. <laughs> I remember who it was. He's like, oh, I found him in the park. I'm like, oh, fuck. Threw them out the window on the highway. Like, goodbye, Bo. It's like, let's all never mention this again. <laughs> so, like, I got to pay my fucking mortgage this month. We can't shut this job down. <laughs> That's wild. It was wild. a different time. I was around the, that job happened around the time I was also like, my life was really fucked. <laughs> I was like, I'm naturally, yeah. It was just now I might be caring deeper about the bones, but at that point I was like, whatever. My life's so fucked up. Throwing these bones out on the highway, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? Like, I get haunted. I don't know. They could have been. They could have been dog bones too. I don't fucking know what kind. I didn't do an analyzation on them. I just said, the fuck did those bones come from? Like, oh, the park. I'm like, out the window they go. Oh, fuck yeah. Goodbye, bones. <laughs> Nice fucking found, knowing you. I Makes found a full cat skeleton in a load of mulch. In a load of mulch? Yeah. So. Cat died in the mulch? Uh, so I used to live at the yard that I own now. They have an apartment there. Um, and one fall, we got a load of mulch delivered to the yard that didn't um, get used up before the end of the season. So it stayed there. Coincidentally, it was right outside my front door. Um, and in the spring, whenever we went to load up some mulch in the bobcat bucket, we found a cat skeleton. Pretty crazy. Like a full cat skeleton. It was cool. 
the cat crawled into the mulch and yeah and expired 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 in the mulch one one time we were doing mulch around this pond and the guy operating skid steer was smoking and he was talking to me and he flicked his cigarette into the mulch like his cigarette butt and the mulch caught on fire no and started way. burning oh yeah <laughs> Fuck up. we're like oh my god trying to put out the fucking mulch like, how did you put it like was it an aggressive I, fire or was it like a pretty I don't remember I, I don't I don't know if I was standing there when he flicked his or he was flicking his he flicked his cigarette into the mulch and then I turned around and the mulch was on fire and we all ran over and stomped it out stomped and pulled it, it apart and shoveled oh was, fuck yeah I've had all kinds of like Maybe not what I've dug up, but I've had some bizarre things happen. <laughs> like, oh my god, fuck, the mulch is on fire. What about you, Mike? What have, what have you dug up? I don't your... think I've dug up anything crazy yet. Yeah. Uh, lots of, like, toys. Yeah. Like a little Tonka truck thing and figurines, but nothing too crazy just yet. We did a job in the city where we dug up, like, a a cavern. There's a video of it on my Instagram, Mike, because five years ago, we're ripping up this parking lot. And as we ripped it up, there was like a sheet of steel. So we lifted up the steel and there was like a cavern under it. So we, we, uh, when we were redoing the park, we threw a few skeletons from the dollar store in there and then put the steel back (laughs) down and then covered it in dirt. Cause we figured sooner or later, someone's digging that up again. Yeah. More than likely, someone's gonna have to pay their mortgage, and then they're gonna find bones, and they're then... gonna find bones. <laughs> the whole thing's gonna be completely, completely fucked. They may be having one of the worst weeks of their life. They could be having a bad week. Absolutely, could be maybe a negative week. Yeah. What's your uh, second question, Mike? Oh uh, yeah, right. Second question and last question because I literally just thought about this segment, so I only had time to think of two questions here. Mm. Um. If you were so, here's my creativity coming to show. It's the exact same question, but if you were a paver, what paver would you be? Or wall products, hardscape material, whatever. You can lean into color, shape, size, texture, but what paver defines who you are? Do I have to go first? Can Anybody has to go first. I, I thought of one for Chad uh, when I thought about this question. Have you guys thought, have you guys seen those um, natural stone square cut, but it's got like fossils running through it? Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm Chad because he's got tattoos. Oh. <laughs> they have a rainbow square cut. It's called rainbow. It's a square cut. It's lots oh, of I've seen colors. that. Yeah. Never yeah. Seen you never yeah. seen the fossil square cut? No. We don't oh. have to like Cornwall. Uh, I guess. We have a yeah. Tackle block, we have permacone. We have the two of the three big ones, and that's it. I loved the fossil when I first saw it. And you don't uh, have square cut five? Supply. No. You don't, yeah, you, you don't have Janus? Yeah, yeah, you can get to that. Yeah, that's what he's fossil yeah, yeah. special order. Yeah, fossil would be special order for most. Yeah. We uh what about that uh that new one with the fancy designs in the top of it? Oh yeah, the sandblasted one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would use it. Personally. Cyclical, right? Like that seems like an early '90s thing. Oh, I would use it. Back. Would you but, use it? I'd use anything. 
I think I as long use as a client like a as long as a client likes it. I don't. Oh care. yeah, I guess so. But if I was designing something, it doesn't. Uh, I can see the appeal of it, and it does look cool what they've done with it. But uh, I don't personally like it. But I guess yeah. it more sort of depends on if the client likes it. Yeah. Agreed. If I was, uh, if I was a paver, what paver would I be? Um, not a wet cast paver. Although they're pretty fucked up. Although wet cast pavers are okay. Wet cast slabs are, wet cast walls. I don't, I, you know, that's, I don't know. Uh, I, I always like to think of myself as a four by eight. You know, I'm old and reliable. Traditional. Traditional. Yeah. I feel um, like you'd be something tumbled. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it? Like Mega Bergerac or something like that? Mega Bergerac. That's an oldie to pull out of the... That's, that's a, a... Yeah. And not, not all of our listeners will know. I don't even know that. Oh, no? Mega Bergerac? No. Mega Bergerac. Mega Bergerac. Is that, that. is that like Forest Hill? Uh, Sort of, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Mega Berger, a Mega Berger. Yeah, I could see Mike being a little bit of OVP. What's OVP? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know that one. You guys want to talk old pavers? I can talk old pavers. Let's go. OVP, old yeah. village, old village paver. Learn me something. What do those look like? Uh, they look like classical. They were a different version of classical. Is that like Stratford or old Roman? No. Uh, OVP is like Stratford. Yeah. 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 Classical is all the big circles. When the big circles uh, were a big thing, that's all. Cla- all those driveways are classic. Okay. And then classical went out of sort of out of style, and then it became OVP. So, what time period would the what we would call the zenith brick come from? What's a zenith brick? That's the zigzag ones. Oh, the zigzag. Oh, I would say late eighties. Late eighties. Is that like from the twi- the Twitter thing I posted where I was like. If you needed a driveway for your 89 Porsche 928, <laughs> these, these sweet bastards were the only option. That's it. Yeah. 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 We the clover one, we had the the three pointed ones. You remember those? Yeah, yeah. Would those be before or after oh, the I ones that were arrows? Yeah, three yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. three. Yeah, wait like that. There were three octagons. Yeah. For a while. Was three octagons joined together on the common side? Oh uh, yeah. Our our city was big on the the keystone ones, like the octagon with the little yeah. Oh yeah. Right, that stuck out. Yeah. Our I city. did. A, I did a lot of keystone keystone terracotta. Oh yeah. Terracotta tea keystone baby. When that stuff came out, you knew you were in the you were in the shit. You were in good shape. I you haven't been asked to do a lift and relay in ages. Maybe because I don't answer the phone, but part of your problem. Yeah, part of the problem, but definitely part of your issue is phone answering. <laughs> maybe just for nostalgia's sake, yeah. we'll do one or two this year. Maybe we'll maybe everything will go to shit and we'll need to. But anytime, uh, I, I feel like things are turning around. I feel like there's some. I I have some I'm positive well, some positive but... fucking vibes right yeah. now. I feel like I'm. On the pot, on the I'm on the positive vibe train. In most like, winters, do you guys get a, a bit of leads trickling in? Yeah, yeah. I'm flooded so, with commercial right now. Okay, but more so residential. Residential. 
I had one guy ask me to come out, take a look at his waterfront. And then it snowed again. So, well, there goes that. But, um, no, but I try not to book myself too thick this early off. Right. Like years ago, I used to be really horny for the work, right? Like, let's book them all in now, book till halfway through summer. But if you wait a bit, you, I feel like you can get better prices. No, oh, yeah. But I also feel like early on, you need to kind of keep that schedule full because you'll have less word of mouth leads that's actually oh, at, at least that how I, I felt um but this is probably my first off season where i'm getting like a, still a solid list of people uh messaging me which mm. is it's yeah it's probably the first perfect time. i need work yeah Thanks, Mike. <laughs> appreciate the offer for you offering some of your work your fast leads that are flowing in you would come to kitchener oh yeah well, would i wouldn't you? go to kitchener i guess i'd Depends <laughs> how desperate you are always. I'd prefer to work across the street from my fucking house, but there never seems to be any work over there at the fucking <laughs> retirement condo. <laughs> uh we've been I was pricing a fair size job today. Yeah. Yeah. With my pen and my paper and no fucking software. Love it. Yeah. That that post actually got a lot of reaction. Oh, did it? Was it a yeah. post or a story? No, it was a post. I made a, I, it was a picture too, which, you know, it's Instagram hates fucking pictures, yeah. but I'm old and I still like pictures with a little writing. And, you know, I, my favorite thing about that post actually is because I don't always do it, but I was looking at the people who liked it. My favorite thing about that post is that one of the soft landscape software companies liked my post about hating landscape software. Is that me? No, it's not you. No, it's not you. It was a very specific stuff. So, I uh, yeah, people and there's a lot of people that uh, seem to like the pen and paper. I guess they don't want to know their fucking numbers. I still do like a good pen and a paper. As you're saying that, I'm going through to to find it, and then I saw that uh, X Power Eyewear liked it. They seem to be uh, keeping in touch with the Paver King there. I know, and the X-Power eyewear is in the truck, and I haven't been driving it because the old alternator issue, which we may have talked about last week. Yeah, Did we talked about the alternator issue last week? I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, how it's like one of only 200 trucks with this stupid fucking alternator on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Brad yeah. did fix it and find it, so. You uh, can, truck prices are coming down. You can pick up something new. They are coming down, yes. They are quite, coming down quite a bit. I've been thinking a lot about the whole software thing and uh, well, I mean, okay. I don't mean software in general. I think, well, soft, maybe not software, but just the whole genre of people who are making me try, trying to make me feel insecure and guilty because I use a pen and a paper and I don't calculate everything to every penny. And then it made me think about is it, like, is there a subsection of the population that are just naturally born entrepreneurs and understand the flow of money and understand the cost of things in their head and understand how to price themselves to make money and don't need to chase everything to every fucking penny because they have a, they just have an overall talent and natural ability to produce profit. Wait a second. Are you comparing us to idiot savants right now? No. 
I'm being serious. I'm being like, there's people who naturally can hit a home run yeah. without any training. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm in the up, same they, boat as you, right? Like they I, pick I, up a they pick up a fucking bat, they see the pitch, and they hit a home run. No one breaks down their swing. No one fucking they just can do it. And I like you know I was thinking about it because was it last week and then in the even worse hour and you were like I have no idea what my costs are I just know how to make money that's it yeah you okay so but I think that I think when you said that and then I thought more about it because you know I'm always thinking about you Chad (laughs) right on that's a surefire way to land your business in the can (laughs) about me too much (laughs) (laughs) I all I'm saying is I understand why people are because but I think there is a group of people in life who just understand where you need to be to make money and naturally have it tracking in their brain all the time. That could like, be true. I, I understand where I need to be on things. I understand markup. I understand all those things. I don't on for me personally, I don't need a program to spit all that shit at me every fucking time I go to do a quote. That doesn't mean that I think it's bad. It just means that I don't personally need it. It's not for me. But I think there's also, like everything, there's a a guy who made the NHL because he's just crazy fucking talented. He Like Alexander Kovalev, never fucking practiced, smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, and still scored a 1,000 points in the NHL. Hey, that's true. But then there's another guy who was semi-talented and spent all the time to learn every drill, every fucking play, come every breakout, every and and mate still made the NHL. Yeah. So I feel like even in entrepreneurship, because it doesn't matter whether it's landscaping or not, we just all happen to be in landscaping. There are people who are naturally gifted at making money and know how to track their numbers and know how to make positive decisions. And then there's people who are working are working hard to to get there and that's the difference because there's i don't think everyone need like i'm not saying i think that all that stuff's valuable it's just not for me i've looked at all of it repetitively and i'm like yeah i just i'd rather not be in business than than do this shit than calculate all this stuff i'd rather not i know where i need to be in my head i track our costs i know what everything costs i i could probably most jobs i can guess within 500 bucks of what how much we spent on that job on on a hundred two hundred thousand dollar project, I'll tell you within five hundred bucks where we are and how much money we made and how much we didn't, because it's just in my head. It's just how yeah. my brain works. But then there's people whose brain doesn't work like. But then if you take me to do something where my brain doesn't work, I need help with that and I need someone. And there's a million things in my life, like if you told me to rebuild a motor, or die, I would just hang myself. But yeah. then there's someone who can take a motor apart and put it back together and have no training. Yeah. So So our skill set is knowing your numbers without the computer. Or just, you just, you just know how to make money. Yeah. Maybe that's, and I like the point that you made where you said that if you had to do all that other shit, you'd rather fucking just not do it. You know, like if, if it came down to, yeah, I don't want to do it. I don't. I, I don't want to. Maybe I'm. Maybe that makes me lazy. But I don't want to do that other shit. And thankfully, we're still productive or profitable without doing that other shit. Because that is the nail on the head. What I don't want to do in business is spend all my time 
at the computer crunching numbers. But you guys also have many years of experience getting to understand not only the construction process, what goes into the construction process and the equipment, everything that would go into pricing a project. And you thoroughly understand how to come about an estimate based on that. And uh, those are skills that you've had accumulate over the years that you couldn't easily pass off to somebody if you ever needed to, right? And that's where a software would come into place if you did ever want to hire a sales estimator or designer or all of the above that you could just pass on to and then they just have to type in the square footage and based on production rates and everything like that, they've got the number without having to absorb everything that you've learned over the many years to put into practice. You're talking about if you wanted to make a scalable business. Correct. Yeah. Like Paver King's not a scalable business because I'm the one that does all the pricing. But not just a scalable business. Like you you may want to pass that off in the future, right? Because yeah, or sell it you don't want to have to come home after being on a site for the whole day and have to do a quote. You might want somebody else to do that. Just like you would hire out a, a truck driver or another laborer, right? That may be the other, you know, I, I don't know if I, hire. yeah. So for me personally, and I know you're talking in a broader sense yeah, about everybody. Yeah. Like for me personally, I'll never hire someone to do that job. Right. Because it's just, you lose way too much. And I don't have aspirations of a $50 million company. If I had aspirations of a $50 million company, then I definitely need to do exactly what you're saying. Right. A hundred percent. I I have a problem. Like I totally get like pen and paper works for you guys where uh, the thing that I have a problem with is a software that costs X amount of money that may not make sense for somebody's business model. And they feel pressure to get that software even though they'd probably be better off just sticking with a pen and paper unless they plan to continuously scale their business, right? I see so much with like anything, any type of tool or anything uh, saying like, hey, you can save X amount of money. So really paying X amount of money for the software makes sense. But you you try to like transfer, and the same thing with like coaching and mentorship. Hey, I'm going to save you $100,000 and my coaching program only costs $10,000. So why would you not take my coaching program, right? It, it doesn't make sense. It's like, I need food to survive. I don't pay my life for a piece of food every single day, right? That, that's where my hang up with, I guess, software. And maybe that went off completely on something that you weren't talking about there. But that's no, no. my hold up on that. I think the scalable business is a giant fucking buzzword right now, right? Like, Everybody, all these gurus think they can make money off you by telling every business that they're a scalable business whenever landscaping has a lot of fucking businesses that are just like a two or three man crew and that's all they will ever be, which is completely fine, right? That's a great way to make a living. But if that's your, if if that's your goal. Hearing, if that's your goal, right? Like, I mean, not everything has to be a scalable business. I know I see a lot of people when they're talking about this stuff. And I guess one of like, well, I mean, I, it's, I save so much time. I save so much time. And I'm like, I don't know, man, like I priced a 
big job today. I don't know where I would have because every job to me, when you look at every single job has a different production rate, every job, there is no two, like, even if you're doing two driveways side by side, I guess maybe then you could use comparable production rates, but like I'm looking at this job and the front is two intersecting squares, uh, one on a 45, one not like, and you know, the, the one on a 45, that production rate on that square is different than the production rate on the other square. I don't use the same production rate. When I look at those two squares, I say, okay, there's this much square footage that we're going to spend an extra half day cutting because it's on a stupid ass fucking 45 because Nancy Green put it that way instead of just making it fucking square. So that 45 square is inherent. That's where I think some of this stuff is getting lost for people is that if you want to plug in a standard, like every job is customized. I don't know how I don't. And again, I've never used it and I've never really looked in depthly at it. So I don't know how, you know, in the back, there was two big circles. One, like they were just cut in circles, not like a circle pack, but cut in circles. One of those cut in circles was just a big cut in circle. Then there's a regular 90 patio in the middle. And then the other one is a big cut in circle and it's on a 45, which is just, but see that rate is different because now you're, you had to cut that anyways, but it's still more of a piss around than cutting. Like it's, I don't know, like it just, but now you have to lay it on a 45 and lay it. Every single piece of that had a different production rate when I did that job, when I was looking at that job. So to to take a blanket production rate and say, I lay 350 square feet a day, do you? Of 100 mil plank pavers on sand on a 45 degree angle? Do you? Do, like I, I don't like I. Maybe there are people who do. Maybe there are people who lay. Whenever anyone talks to me about the production rates on those softwares, I don't know. I, I don't know how the softwares work, so I have no background when I say this. But it always makes me wonder because I'm like on some job sites, I have four different production rates on the pavers depending on how they're getting laid. Backyard, front yard, driveway, forty-five tons of cutting, plank pavers. They all lay differently. Like if you want to lay little baby pavers like Copthorne, your production rate is fucking ass because you got to put the same effort to put in little pavers as you do to put in one big one. You can lay a 12 by 12 in the same amount of time as you lay one Copthorne. So the softwares don't give you production rates. You have to do that yourself, right? And then that comes You have 25 of them? I do. So I I have a production rate. I have like uh, small, medium, large. So I have like small laying small pavers, laying medium pavers, laying large pavers. That would be like four by eights, uh, like blue, medium, and then slabs large. And then I have production rates for access, uh, different widths that we can get different pieces of equipment in the backyard. And then I have production rates for uh, length if we're doing a backyard patio. So how far of that length is it to get into the backyard? And not like specific, but once again, like a small, medium, large option. What if you're cutting a circle on a 45? Cutting a circle on a 45 is in an inlay? I don't know. How do you define it? That's my question. Well, that's that's where the customization of the software comes into play. 
where you're creating the production rates. Well, but it's I'm your just data. Saying, like, how many of those are you going to create? Like one for every job you bid? I don't, that's why I'm saying I feel like people could potentially be losing money because oh, yeah. they're just, they're just plugging in a rate that they have. And what, this is how people describe it when they talk about it. Like I pilfer through everything, but I also come from a commercial bidding background where you need to pilfer through fucking everything. Every single thing you have resident bidding residential work is a joke compared to bidding commercial work. Cause bidding residential work is like, Oh, I got to get some stuff for my paper. Like bidding commercial work, you could miss the fucking glue and the glue could be $300 a tube. And you think it's three bucks. Right. Cause it's some crazy specific spec residential work. You're just making up all the specs yourself. Yeah. It's totally different. Like it's such a different. So maybe that's why I take a deeper dive into everything that I price. Like maybe that's why I spend so much time on it because I'm always looking at every single little thing. I'm sure Chad has to too when he's been in commercials. Do you miss one thing on a commercial job? You cost yourself 50 grand. Oh, I've missed some stuff before. That's for sure. So maybe that's the difference between, I don't, maybe that's why it work doesn't, maybe that's why it works great for, like if someone doesn't give a shit about the difference between laying a driveway and laying a walkway, then the production rate works. But at the end of the day, your production rate, you have production rates. They're just in your head, right? You're, you're working that, how do you, I mean, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but how do you do it, Mike, where you're, you're sitting down with your pen and paper and you know what you, what the project's going to look like. Are you taking it step by step and being like, okay, excavation is going to take us X amount of hours based on us doing like, how do you, how do you do it? So I, I look at each piece of it. So that's, that's what I used to do when I did pen and paper. Well, like I would really try to visualize it in my brain, right? Like step by step. Yeah, but ultimately, I, those are production rates. It's just not like defined production rates that are in in pen. And, but that and that's what I'm saying. Like I can't at one house. Yeah, cutting in a 45 square in the front yard is a different production rate than cutting a a 45 square in at a different house, okay. depending on the pavers you're using. And maybe I just maybe when I bid stuff, I just look at it deeper and deeper than the average person. Right. Like maybe the average person's happy to say every single house that I cut a 45 on every single paver, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's the same production rate. And maybe that's okay. It is, isn't for me. But then doing that is like, is like uh, charging by square foot, having that blanket, like production rate, like you just said there, where yeah, like, like, yeah, I don't charge anything by the square, but I haven't for 25. Yeah. Years. And I'm not saying you, I'm saying like, if you yeah. put a blanket production rate on everything, then it, it's no better than just charging by square foot. And I'm not saying my way's right. It's just old school. It's oh, everybody's got start. their own way. Yeah, I'm just I, trying I, to understand it because I'm trying to like reverse engineer and see how I can make my process better too. I I don't think that. I maybe my process isn't practical. That's the thing, right? It's like not if, practical for a scale like a business that you want to hire out that aspect of your business too right yeah and yeah. i mean and most people are trying this year to grow their business and i'm trying to cut a million dollars out of my business mm -hmm. right i want to cut a million my goal is to cut a million dollars in sales this year so i mean most people's goal is going to be to grow their business a million dollars or whatever but i don't i want to do less can you explain I mean, to us why 
Once business is too big, it's never what I wanted. Oh yeah. We went from 500 to 1.1 to 1.7 to 2.5. That's too fast. Too much, too fast. I don't want to do it. And I'm too old for it. And I don't like I just want to be and what am I do? What am I doing it for to like scale it for my kids that don't fucking want it? Yeah. And I, I, I just, I don't, I, I, I think that I'd rather reduce staff. I, we have, we have the staff we need to do the goal, like to get to the goals we want this year. I mean, I'm sure there's 8 million gurus that are going to tell me I'm fucking nuts because if I really wanted to, I bet I could push this business to 4 million next year. You could be the scale down guru. Everybody's yeah. the scale up guru. but i'm building a business based on what makes me happy not what makes a guru happy right i think there's a lot of people building businesses based on what software and guru will tell them would make them happy instead of what would actually make them happy i think people are building business based on what instagram tells them is going to make them happy i agree with you 100 percent. like so i'm i don't think i had the happiest year last year personally so and i don't think taking my business from 2.5 to three i could easily add a million dollars in sales easily overnight i don't think that going to 3.5 million next year is going to make me happier it's probably going to make me sadder so why would i do it i think reducing a million dollars in sales and taking the business to where it belongs for everyone who works at the business that doesn't mean we're not trying to grow in a different way and try to manipulate that same volume into something that's more satisfying for some of the, like some of our staff. It's just a different way of doing things. What if I, what if that million dollars, it didn't make any fucking money on it. Exactly. That's, it. It, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what I'm saying. Happened. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if I like, cause I didn't, we, that's not, that's not the reason that I want to make it less. That's not true, mm-hmm. but it could be like, yeah. you know, if I can do like, it's, I also think that for me, like I, it's an epic responsibility to have people's lives in your hands. Yes. Yeah. I take that as an epic, an epic responsibility, absolutely crazy responsibility to put people's lives into your hands. Yeah. And I, last year when we had 15 staff, I was like, this is a lot of fucking people plus their families, their dogs, they're all trusting that I can take care of them. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just mentally not prepared as a person to take care of that many lives. That's a big way to think of that. I never thought about having to put eight lives in my hand. Well, how many staff do you have? Eight. Okay, Nine. but th- how many of them are married? Well, one. Many- one. <laughs> maybe that's why staff. they work so hard. I fucking love your staff so on. much. I love your staff so much. Uh, <laughs> like our staff have kids and lives and dogs and animals. Our, and ours does not. One one of my workers has two cats. One has one cat. You're responsible for those fucking cats, Chad. Every morning, every morning when you wake up, and like, here they are dying in the mulch. <laughs> no, dying um, in the mulch. So much. I, I just never thought about how the magnitude of the situation that with a normal crew you would be responsible for so many lives and the lives of not only the employees but the the family around them children children 
It just, I, you know, I woke up one morning in the middle of summer. I'm like, there's a lot of fucking shit I'm responsible for, considering I was a guy that was going to do walkways by myself four years ago. That's wild. When when I hear people talk about, like, okay, what if something bad did happen? Work dries up. What are you going to do? And they nonchalantly say something like, I'll just lay off some of my employees. And I, I don't have, say that. No, I'm not saying you. No, no, no. I didn't mean, I know you're not saying I said. Yeah. I'm just saying. I would never fucking say oh, that. Yeah, and, exactly, I, and I know right? how you fucking feel about those people that say that kind of shit. Yeah. It it boggles my mind how unemotional. And maybe that's what it takes to be somebody who's going to grow a, a massive business, right? Well, I can guarantee you that's yeah. what it takes to Absolutely what it takes. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't I could never do that. Oh, I would You're never do. Plan in place. If work dries up completely which i mean i'd like to think that it will never dry up completely maybe it would slow down to the point that we could maybe not have our foot on the gas 110 percent every single day but if shit were to go so sour that maybe we're working three days a week or something like that we're still gonna offset with work at the yard and we've saved a chunk of money so that if that ever happens, we're floating the guys through a season or two if shit just goes really wrong, right? But but maybe, like, now that I know they don't have families and all that shit, yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah. I, maybe it's not as important. Fuck, that. cut them loose. <laughs> Fuck them. Who cares about these cats? <laughs> I, I, I think there's two... M- and I understand people are pushing all that stuff because it's how they make a living. You know, if you make a living teaching people to scale their business to sell it, then you're going to spend all day pushing, teaching people to to scale their business to sell it. Right. I, For me, I have zero desire to sell this business. Like, I, I don't see it being a sell, like... Someone might buy, someone might take it over because of the staff and might take over the, like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to scale the business or maybe I don't desire to, or maybe it's just not a plan of mine. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I always just view a lot of the people that are on our team as ride or, ride or die. Like we're all just going to ride together. And then we're all like, I just, I just kind of view, I don't know. It's a, I know why people are doing it because that's how they make a living teaching people scalable to scale their business, to sell it. But how many, I would love to know how many, for all the amount of time and effort that's spent in landscaping companies, trying to scale them to a sellable place, how many of them actually fucking sell? How many get sold? Yeah, and what's the number that they get sold at? In for right. yeah, a good number, right? Like, if what's I that multiple? See, before I buy this guru crash course on scaling my business to sell it in twenty years, I want to see who's selling it and what it's sold for, who's buying it and what it's sold. Well, the guru for. doesn't know because he hasn't been in business for twenty fucking years. <laughs> That's in the guru's favor, right? Because and they won't be around in twenty years because. They'll be retired with all their guru money. They'll be retired. Again, I don't think soft, like I think software has helped 
thousands of people run successful businesses. I do. I think that it's, and I think that our business might even be better if we use software. I can see I that. just don't, I just don't have the wherewithal to learn how to use it and implement it. And maybe we will find some soft, like maybe we will one day. I, maybe it'll happen. I don't know. I keep, I think I feel inherently, because obviously I spend time on social media. I think sometimes I feel inherently guilty, like I'm robbing myself of some kind of life experience. Like I'm, I'm going, they're going to be like, I'm going, when my life flashes before my eyes, when I have the inevitable heart attack, (laughs) I feel like there's going to be a moment while it's flashing going, holy fuck. I never used any landscape software. (laughs) (laughs) This opportunity, some people's lives are going to flash before their eyes. are going to be like, fuck, I never went to Hawaii. (laughs) But for me, it's going to be, fuck, I never used any landscape software. I never got my production rates down on fuck. Like I, 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 some days I just, I honestly, I feel like I'm like, fuck, am I missing the boat here? Cause I hate, I hate that I'm old. I'm everyone hates their old. And I hate that maybe I am legitimately missing the boat on something that could make my life a thousand times better. And I never stopped to smell the roses. Look, the software, any software is only as good as the information that you put into it. Yeah. Right. So we all know all the information I put out is shit. (laughs) Here's something. So originally when I signed up to one of these software things a couple of years ago, I was going to try it, put all my numbers in the books, get things going. We're rolling. Right. I didn't even know the numbers of what I paid for my trucks or my skid steers and all the shit that everybody is saying, you have to know this exact number down to the penny of what you paid for that truck and what your payment is and this and that and all this shit. Right. And I didn't know a single fucking number. I knew, Oh, the skid steer is like 85 grand and the shovels like 89 grand. And maybe we paid like 90 grand for this truck or something. So I'm like fudging it right off the bat. So like, <laughs> like this, this cannot go well. If I'm not following the instructions from the very first step. So I'm like, let's kibosh this. Obviously it's not for me at that point. Right. I'm a little better now, but I don't know, (laughs) but I didn't start off on a good foot. Right. How much time do you think you spent entering stuff? Mike, how much time? I don't know. It's hard. That would be impossible to calculate because that's a lot of time. though. (laughs) (laughs) That's not making it sound like you didn't spend much. Put it out there. It's it's so hard to say because like I started with the spreadsheet, but that evolved into building out the the budget and estimate spreadsheet, right? So to to separate the time that I spent on my own numbers to separate that from the work that I put into the spreadsheet, which is all, all at the same time, it, it'd be impossible to do. You, do you think your business is enhanced with that stuff over when you did it with a pen and paper? I think that the job costing aspect of the business of um, if I was a larger business, it would make a lot of sense because that's where it, it comes into play, right? Is the data that you can get and you can accumulate and you can compare 
your your job costing at the end of the job, but also year in and year out. Like right now, what I'm working on with the software is let's say like closing rate, for example. If we have somebody's data from the previous year in terms of the closing rate, and we they're starting a new season, we can look at their closing rate and be able to make assessments as to what is possibly going wrong. So outside of job costing, closing rate, what, what's going wrong? What's going right? What lead sources could they double down on because their closing rates rate's not really there? Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a, so much cool stuff that we can do with data. And that, that's the benefit of software. So I used to keep track of closing rates, not on soft, obviously not on software, but mm-hmm. I did, I did, I see a big, like I, I knew that I close, maybe not now, but I don't do enough leads anymore because I don't need enough work. And I only go to a few quotes a year. Um, but when I went to a lot, when I was trying to drive a lot of jobs, I know that like 95% of single women, I close. Right. I did back then. 95. If I, if I walked in a house and I looked down and there was no men's shoes there, I knew I was in good fucking shape on that job. So because- imagine, imagine having multiple salespeople and you get a lead in and you can deduce from a phone call conversation of who that person is and you can send your exact salesperson that you know closes a high percentage of that type of client, a client that's in their late 20s that uh, has two kids and lives on this area of town, right? So that's definitely where uh, I get excited when I'm kind of in this software building process because uh, putting in tools like that uh, is really cool to me. And that's like, that's for a, I think that that's super valuable if you're trying to hire a sales, hire salespeople. Like, mm-hmm. but you, I guess you'd probably need to be expanding your business if you were trying to hire such people. <laughs> well, I, I get like, I think that I think the software is great. Again, I think it's great. I just mm-hmm. think that I'll never, for me personally, I think that some, and I think sometimes there's a total lack of a total lack of acknowledgement of people doing it a different way. Those people are made to feel that that's wrong. There's like 10 comments on there. And it's from, some of them are from young guys who are like, yeah, I do have pen and paper. And I I feel like there's, there's a time those, I think all the young, I know lots of the people who commented on that post. And I think for all of them, their businesses are going to get to a time and place maybe where they need software, but not because 7,000 fucking people made them feel guilty about it on social media. You need to understand like what that software is going to do for you and then make a, an educated decision based on that and not not just like panic into something. Because the, the worst thing to do would be to panic into something, decide a year or two later that it's not for you, and then to pan- and then to transfer into a whole different software, right? Yes, I totally agree. This is a really heavy conversation for our podcast. Well, it is not our worst hour, so... Is no. it? Not no. yet, because we started a little bit late. We're probably yeah. getting there now. For an hour. Yeah. I'm just saying, this is a pretty heavy cup. I someone might be deriving value from this. I am. I, I like this. <laughs> I like this conversation. So. <laughs>